Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. New Year's Eve edition of Williams and Bloom. We took off Christmas Eve. We won't do it on New Year's Eve, though. I mean, come on. A lot of sports to talk about right now, yeah, man. Some stuff happening. We are presented, as always, by our friends at MechDyne. They are the MechDyne Corporation. I would invite you to check out all their great work, everything they can do for you. In 2024 at com, a collection of technology companies that remove obstacles to insight and understanding. I was snooping around the football office the other day when I was there for signing day, and I saw some MacDyne labeled stuff everywhere. So it's all over Iowa State. They love Iowa and Iowa Staters. Make a big move. That's right. In 2024, we are coming to you today. The Wild Rose Casino Studios, we are always fueled by our friends at Cody Road. It is New Year's Eve. It is 3.30, excuse me, in the afternoon. I am having a beer. As you just maybe first heard me belch into the microphone. Classy. Not even going to try and hide it. It's New Year's Eve. Uh, I, I will have a Cody Road later. If, I think you have to, right? Yeah, my, start the year off right. My, my eight-year-old is convinced she's staying up until... Midnight. In Are fact, you, she wanted to stay up until 2 a.m. I told her, I'll cut it the difference. Let's stay up till 1. So that's what we'll do tonight. Can you make it? Oh, yeah. Can I make uh, it? I don't know if I can. I'm a night owl. I can make it. I don't know. Me and Cammie are going to do that, and I'm going to have me a Cody Road probably about 10. That's when I'll tap into yeah, the whiskey, I'll, but I'm not going to do the whiskey until just a little bit later. I'll, I'll send you a photo of my Cody Road. We'll I talk. Mix, uh, mix it with a little 7-up. Little, little Wrap up the 2023 football season. Uh, we will look ahead to some hoops. All that more coming up tonight on Williams and Bloom. First of all, I just want to thank everybody we hung out with in Memphis. I have a lot of opinions on bowl games right now, but the one thing you can't take away from them is just getting together with people. That was and my biggest takeaway. Was Memphis was awesome it was again. Just a blast seeing everybody. The game obviously could have been a lot better, but you just it's you can't you can't replicate. replicate. That. You cannot. It's just so great. All the people, and then Chris, I can't tell you how many conversations I had that were just like, "Gosh, it makes you like super appreciative of what we get to do." Yes. Of you know having this podcast and meeting all the great cyclones and what a tremendous turnout at 
<laughs> Lawlers. Oh my God, Lawlers was, was amazing. Was just incredible. We, uh, I, I honestly, it was, a, it was a great, tri- it was a great trip. Uh, honestly, the game, the game was a bummer. Well, you mm-hmm. will talk plenty about the game, and it kind of put a sour note on what I thought was a, a really, really awesome couple of days. We could have sold a thousand tickets to Lawlers. I was shocked when I walked in. I was like, Oh my God, nobody, you couldn't sit down. No, and and I felt terrible too because there was just only so much room, and mm-hmm. we had basically. We limited it to our premium subs and Patreon people first, and I didn't think they would sell it out, and they did in like a few hours, basically. And there were just so many people who wanted to be a part of that, and and I felt bad because there's only so much capacity. But it was a great event. We raised a lot of money for We Will and and my big charity, uh, Living Ava's Way, and just the camaraderie and just hanging out with people. The second Liberty Bowl in a row, we got to hang out in Lawler's basement for the after party. That was fun. Which, which was a blast. And, uh, Colin Newell, one of our great advertisers was there. I'm trying to think of any other advertisers I may have bumped into. I didn't see anyone, but I know there were a couple of them down there. Now the, you know, I was talking in the press box with some administrators at Iowa state before, the game. And I'm like, this is why we like Memphis though. Like I was trying to for sure explain to them and I, I get it. They'd rather go to, uh, you know, mo- at that level, you want to go to as high as you can, the highest payout. I understand all of it, but I was like, I've been to Orlando twice. I, you know, the Alamo bowl is elite. You can't really beat that experience with the river walk, but there weren't as many people, but you really couldn't tell. Like Memphis was just, it was awesome again, just everybody hanging out on Beale Street. And we had a great time. Yeah, I mean, I think the the fan experience was was really good. Uh, we had a great crowd on for our deal Friday morning. Yeah, yeah, like four hundred people. Like four hundred people there. Yeah, ended up. Dylan Sainer was there. He ended up bench pressing me twenty times. Like it was nothing, no big deal. Just a random Friday morning. Yeah, in NFL tight ends yeah. bench pressing you. <laughs> yeah. But it was. I mean, that part was great, and that's just. Yeah, the, it, looking back. Playing Memphis and Memphis, Chris, we talked about it last week, was a lot bigger deal than I think we fully realized when oh, it came no to the doubt. actual game. Absolutely. I, I don't think there was any question. You know, you, you talk about bowl games as a motivational factor. Memphis was, they were was ready to go. They were absolutely ready yeah. to go. And you, you tip your cap first and foremost. Iowa State was not quite as ready to go. And no. I think that showed in that first quarter. It felt from the beginning, like when they started doing pregame festivities. I don't know about you. You were in the crowd. You have a better sense of it. But the, the, the Liberty Bowl press boxes, it is. It was good in the 60s. It was freezing up there. So, like, you're in the crowd, and it's colder. Not heaters? Not really. Oh, man. I, at least we All I had to- was a North Face vest and a button-up shirt. I didn't, I didn't really pack for sitting outside, and I was basically sitting outside. I was just frozen Yikes. by the end of that game. As you as we neared kickoff, it felt like a road game, and yeah. Memphis had more crowd, but not that much more. Like it wasn't like Iowa State didn't have anyone there. It just the the sideline was hopping. Yes, they just they just had um, more juice. They did I, I across they did. The, across mm-hmm. the board. I thought that even like I, I don't know, like it, their band was up in that section. Where you could tell it was like a home game for them, and they you know the band they, was the band was yeah. on it, and um. You know, we'll we'll get to the scheme of the game, but you know, there's there was two big takeaways for me. One is once again, Iowa State goes into a game thinking it's going to be able to run the ball against an inferior 
what what is deemed to be inferior front and Memphis was awesome. And we find out after the fact that with this interim D coordinator, they did a lot of different things that Iowa State hadn't seen on tape all year. Sure. Memphis basically put in a new defense for this game, which good on them. Yep. Um, That's what you keep, bowl games. You're allowed. Yep. You got five weeks. It's another thing Took too. Where this this bowl game, I didn't really fully realize it. Jacqueline Cordova was talking to somebody from Memphis after the fact in the press conference, and she told me that this guy told her like, "Yeah, it's a really big deal for us to finally win a Liberty Bowl." Yeah, they've well, never won a Liberty Bowl before, which I didn't. So I listen. These are not excuses. I can already see the tweets coming at us. There's a difference between like excuses and reasons, and I I think that they were a lot more amped up to be playing in that spot than Iowa State was. Why is that the case? I don't know. We can start picking across bowl games yep. and the transfer portal and all that stuff, but one 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 sideline was on fire when that thing started. I, I and thought it took Iowa State a little while to wake up. Emotionally and schematically, Memphis was better. Yes, just simple simple as that. Yep. Now, why is that? I mean. You, that's where you get into the reasons versus excuses. I didn't even uh, I, think, can I, on the DN, yeah. D side, I didn't think Iowa State was even schematically bad defensively. I think that they couldn't get pressure with three like yep. they were hoping. Yep. And then you take Tampa and Verdon both out. Yep. And that and is the, a power five level of and, offense. And Hennigan like, was awesome. Yeah. Like, like, that quarterback. But that, we we knew this going into that, that game that their offense was, was fine. Was and, really, really good. It, and, it, you, and those two backup linemen held up, and it, you could not tell those guys were backups in there. Correct. Which comes to another need for Iowa State in the offseason get better at rushing the pass. You got to get better at rushing the passer. And then where Iowa State is usually good, and they were not in. My thought on Friday was t- missed way too many tackles, yeah. like just way too many tackles. It, it looked like a season opener. It did for sure, and there there is that layoff. I mean, that's going to happen. Yeah. You're not hitting for a long time, but so that was that. It was not being able to get pressure. It was the missed tackles, and then quite frankly, you don't run the ball at all. Now, it got to a point where you're down three touchdowns. Like you're not even going to try and run the ball at that point. But still, you you got to be better there. Just simple as that. And where Matt said after the game, I thought it was interesting. Uh, Memphis goes down and scores, misses the PAT. Iowa State has a fourth and one at the 46-yard line. Yep. And you run the Huge quarterback. Huge moment in the game. You run the quarterback and get, get gets nothing. Rocco gets nothing. Memphis gets a stop, goes down and scores. And that, you know, now all of a sudden you're going, uh-oh. You know, I think if Iowa State converts that yeah. or maybe punts it away and pins Memphis back – Maybe it gets into more of your tempo, but you're playing catch up. You get down nineteen nothing. Yeah, and the it, it was, that offense it was is hard. Just, it was hard. It was really hard, and and you could never get the ground game going. And it, what again with the staff said after the game was Memphis totally altered their front. Yeah. Iowa State wasn't quite sure what they were looking at in the first uh, half uh, as far as running the ball, and then it became too late, and you had to panic, and you threw it. Rocco was great. Higgins was great. I thought Jalen Noel was really good. But you just can't get behind like that and then miss tackles on the other end of it. And um, just quite frankly, Memphis was better. They were better prepared. They had more emotion. Yeah. And they executed better. Yeah. Win by 10. It, it, it was a lot different than the 2017 game. Because that game, you had to be a corpse to not feel like the emotion and just how like fired up everybody was for that one. It was sold out. Yep. Pre-game I had was, not been to a bowl game yeah, in five years. Pre-game was on fire. And it, it was not the case. Like it, Memphis it, was ranked, by the way. Yeah, that they, year. weren't they like were they undefeated? Eighteenth or nineteenth? Yeah, yeah they were, I don't know if they were undefeated, but they were 
well like 11 of. and one or mm-hmm. something like that. Yep. So all, all of that is true. You know, the, the defensive thing again, like I don't even think Iowa state like botched it on like scheme wise. I honestly think it was like a Jimmy's and Joe's thing. Like, because Iowa state couldn't get to them. Their quarterback kept making throws and that secondary was it, they weren't terrible. No, they were, they're okay. Angles were bad. Tackling was bad. It's just I don't, I don't like knowing as much as we do about Iowa State's defense. This is why did you, you notice my tone? The closer we got to that game, the more I watched Memphis, the more I said I think this is going to be a really really high scoring football game. Now what I didn't get right. Yeah, you needed Iowa State to get more <laughs> yeah. than 20. And Iowa State settles for those two field goals yep. in the second quarter. Yep, I agree. Which really kept it from being, you know, it, it felt like a really good, you, you give up the long, you know, the field goal to end the first half, that, which that, really, that really hurt. hurt which that, really hurt. That changed the tenor of the game for sure. But yeah, like I, I go into it and it's like, you're going to give me that personnel. And I, I just don't know if there's scheme-wise much Iowa State can do. I think Memphis would put up points again. Now, Offensively, I think that again, you just we've seen this a few times now a lot over the Campbell era where I just feel like they overvalue what they have up front. Mm-hmm. And I don't blame them. Memphis was a bad rush defense going into this game, but I think it took them a little bit, probably a little bit too long to just get out of that. And as the kids like to say, let Rocco cook. Probably yeah. would have been the best thing to go. Just roll with it early in that second quarter. Well, and, and Higgins, Higgins was so good. Yeah, and they, see, so yeah. In hindsight, it's like, man, maybe just just chuck it early. But God, he could have had three hundred and fifty yards if you were honestly. Rocco, no Higgins. Oh Higgins! Alone. Oh yeah! Like it was a total mismatch had, in that side. That guy had that guy had no chance against. I him. get it. It's not as easy as just like abandon mm. the run. But I think once you get down that, like, I don't well, see the point in running on first down. Much in that third. Well, quarter. so that you're so the, the what I thought really changed the game. Um, you see, yeah, you, you come back, you score. Th- so it's nineteen thirteen. You give up that field goal at the end of half. On you know, credit to Memphis, I guess that Statue of Liberty fake kneel down play actually was huge in that game. What do you think uh, about that, ref? I mean, it, they're allowed to do it. It's your job to stop it. I mean, I think it's kind of. Talked to a couple former football players after the game and said that was kind of bush league, but you know what? It's within the rules, I guess. Good for them. Um, so they get that field goal, which is big, and that kid hadn't made a kick all year. <laughs> I know. And well, who is it? Brett Meyer tweeted out, "Stop icing bad kickers because well, he missed he the missed first the one." one. <laughs> uh, but then you get the ball back, start this third quarter, and the first play is an Abu Sama run for no gain. Yeah, and then you go three he and out, and felt- it's just like. <sighs> You got to get. You just got to get better there. I mean, you just got to be better on the offensive line. How many times this year did you say, "Oh, obviously it's playing against a bad run defense," and they they still couldn't run the ball? And that's they you know, have to pass just, to set up the run. They well, just have to. I just. I, I, but I, Chris, you're playing the hundred and fifteenth rush defense. But we've like, seen them do I, this. The 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 games that they have run like crazy, they've passed first. Here's and I kind of throw Kansas State out because of the snow, right? Well. Like, yeah, the yeah, snow yeah. like really heightened that, the impact that, of that, that game. That, that kind of th- yeah, it was it was a weird yeah. almost throw that one out. But I will all say the two things can be true. One, based on the reaction of the fans on the message boards and Twitter, people were not happy, and so that game meant something, you know, as it should have. I think the fans were legitimately pissed about that result. 
It yeah. wasn't just an exhibition game emotionally. But the second thing yeah, is also true that I think our fan base is a little behind the times, but you're right. I, they, like, they were, I, hey man, they were really into fired it. Up. And I'd rather yeah. that than not uh, care. Hundred so, percent. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I was I was upset too. I was like, man, we came all the way down here for 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 that. Um, I don't think I, I don't think I was alone there. But the second part that I was also true is I'm still high on absolutely. the projection of this program. I, I think I don't think you can take overgeneralizations from one game you can't. against Memphis and Memphis either. I also think it's worth having the conversation because I was thinking about this. You know, back in the day, even 2017, like think about pre-early signing, December signing period, pre-portal, how much more attention gets placed on the opponent of the bowl game compared to now? Interesting. Yeah. I mean, they, like they have these huge staffs. Okay. So there are people working on Memphis. They're not, not practicing. They're not doing that. But my question is, think about like how much more time the coaching staff had six years ago compared to now where like, I mean, you know how much energy had to be put into keeping the roster together. Oh my gosh. Right. A lot. So, okay. And I can hear, I can hear my naysayers saying, well, Memphis had the same problem to a point, but not as much at that level. Right. So like in, 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 in it, it'll go year to year. Like where, you know, some of these schools will have what well, it's going to be a really challenging off season one year. And then the next year it's going to, it's going to ebb and flow a little bit. They haven't really had much attrition Memphis. Yeah. No. They, you know, they, they really haven't. And like, they really, really wanted to beat that power five and they kicked their ass. 10 wins right. Too. So, yeah. you know, I, I look at it in hindsight now and I look back at it and it's like, yeah, you know, yeah, it kind of, it kind of makes sense. It was, it was totally, totally agree. I just want nobody on a coaching staff would ever admit that to me. I don't think, but I just think about it. You know, firsthand with these freshmen and sophomores, what was being offered to them from all yeah, over I mean, the country. I saw, I saw, I talked to some people like, Oh, that's all that. That's all fake numbers. I'm like, no, no, it's not. There was considerable time and yeah. distraction, even though you kept them all. So I don't know. So it, it, again, I'm not making an excuse. It, they it, got their ass kicked, but I, it's another thing to me where these like mid tier bowl games, it's like it's not the same thing that it was. Well, now so I'll say this too. I would rather keep the roster intact than focus and prepare on a bowl game. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't like, so I don't think I don't think the allocation of time was the wrong thing. To I do. remember back like when Rhodes when they lose the pinstripe bowl and I didn't sleep for like three days because I was so pissed and just like distraught. I don't feel that way yeah. about this. It it does it. It takes it, it puts a damper a little bit on the end of the season. It does. Not denying that yep. whatsoever. However, you just you can still be excited for what next year brings. I don't. Again, I'm not. And and call me Kool Aid drinker, whatever. I don't think a loss to Memphis in Memphis in the Liberty Bowl has really any indication of what next year is going to be. I, I don't think either. I would say it's still a top half team in the Big 12, and if all things break right, can absolutely compete for a championship. I think it just accentuated the some of the weaknesses it we does. knew this program absolutely. had that would they were going to have to work on in the offseason anyways. D-line and O-line is a concern. Yeah. It, it, it 100% is. So that that's pretty clear now. And at least on this end, and again, call it what you want, there's no false confidence that the offensive line got considerably better. Okay. If there was a slap in the face, hey, you still need to work. Yeah. That was it. I want to talk about that. 
as far as the portal goes in the offseason, I want to thank all of our great bowl sponsors from this past weekend. We, uh, I'll just give you our business model. We're not covering these games and stuff if it's not for sponsorship is, is the way that it works. Uh, it's how we get our staff down there. It's how we cover all these games. Uh, Fairway, it was Keen Project Solutions. Also, our friends at Carl Auto Group and Wild Rose Casinos uh, all over the great state of Iowa. They were all of our sponsors for the bull coverage. So we thank them uh, for, for putting that up and doing that. And we'll be telling you about them over the next month or so as well. Here on Cyclone Fanatic, also want to thank our good buddy, uh, Jeff Kelderman over at Kelderman Manufacturing got a text from him earlier today. He uh, Kelderman's always good for a wisecrack after a cyclone loss. <laughs> we still need that in life. <laughs> yeah, uh, but if you're uh, looking for uh, laser cutting, if you're an engineer out there, I know we got a lot of engineers that are listeners who are Iowa State graduates. Laser cutting, Kelderman, they specialize in that down in Oskaloosa. Give them a call or check them out at Kelderman. Com. Last but certainly not least, our friends at the Ivy College of Business at Iowa State, Bloom's former employer. That's right. My main man, Dean Spalding over there. Happy New Year to all of our friends at the Ivy College of Business. Maybe you get that online MBA coming up in the 2024 calendar year. I was thinking about this because uh, after the game, you know, it's, it's very predictable. We start to get the – got to hit the portal for some linemen yep. um, stuff. And uh, it mm. – Unfortunately, knowing what I know, it's just it's just not that easy. Uh, it's it's not easy for you to just say, okay, I got a million dollars, I'm going to go and steal a right tackle from somebody. I I wanted to make the counterpoint that okay, so it sucked. Zero rushing yards against that rush defense is utterly unacceptable in any scenario, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can all meet there. Mm-hmm. I think the best path to success for Iowa State is the developmental thing and trusting that you made the right hire in Ryan Clanton. Is that crazy? I don't any question. Like, I, I just, but I'm going off of what fans are asking me, okay? Even before the game at Lawler's. Are we going to get any guys in the portal? Because that's like the hot topic. And, yeah. And I, I don't think anyone that you're going to bring in in the portal in the offseason, and I do know that they want to add some guys. I'm not... Oh, for sure. Like the kid from Louisiana. Like the hope is that he's going to come in and compete to be a pass rusher next year. That's not a guarantee, though. When they brought in the kid to the D-tackle from um, Auburn. He played like four snaps. Right? Like So but none they, of that these. That was not the intention with him. To- Correct. But my point is, any of these portal guys that I think are going to get this spring, I don't think there's one out there that Iowa State can get that's going to be like, well, that dude's a starter as far as up front goes. Agreed. So, so I, I just I wanted to like set the tone here for fan base expectations on that because I I don't one I don't think that's the way they're going to go and two I don't even think that's the best road to success for next year. If you watch the line, like you could say, if you just watch the Liberty Bowl, they suck. They didn't get any better. That's not really true. We watched them get better. Yes. Right. We watched them run a lot in the Big Twelve. We we Look watched Neil got better. Right. You know all this yeah. stuff happened. I, I, I just wanted to kind of cool the Jets on that because, I, one, I don't think it's going to happen and you're going to stress yourself out if you're just sitting around waiting on it. And, two, it's like the, we think Clanton's a pretty good coach. We, we, we all saw them get better. 
Now you got a real off season to get after it. To me, that's the route to get better, and they got to keep working on the scheme, yeah. which I fully trust in I, Nate Shieldhouse. You know, would 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 I rather be in, in Ole Miss's position where they have a fourteen million dollars to get whoever they want in the portal? Yeah, that would be awesome. But we don't. We simply do not. Yeah. So you can't just. And honestly, if you want a Power Five starter for an offensive lineman in the portal right now, you want to know what it is? I'd love to. Probably two hundred fifty, three hundred thousand dollars. Quite frankly, we don't have that for one player. We yeah. just don't. Mm-hmm. Now, if we, if you have that sitting around and you like to send it our way, <laughs> give, that, that, give me to let me know because that would be great, and we could probably be a little bit more aggressive in the portal. But with the resources we've had, and I'm very grateful for the resources we have because we're a lot better off than we were a year ago. The focus was on keeping the guys that were already in Ames and the next wave as you move up in the NIL world is to then not only keep your guys, but then hopefully get more aggressive in the portal uh, beyond. And that would ultimately, yes, I would love to get there, but, but honestly the budget's probably not there right now. And if you're competing with an SEC school to try and get a power five, five lineman, it's going to be hard. I, I know Iowa State's in on some guys. They're still working the portal. It's not like they're not, Yeah. but with I, it, but it's, it's unfortunately it's, it's, it's a big part of it is you have to get to a point, uh, you know, could be competitive NIL wise. And um, we've really had to focus and strategically so on keeping the roster intact. And, and CW, we, we kept 20 of the 22 starters and the other two were seniors. So thank goodness for that. But um, I don't know if there's a quick fix, but I'll, I will say, you know, you hope with, with Clanton another year, uh, you also have, you know, a Dalen Hayser who's coming back off in, injury uh, next season. They're pretty high on the the high school kids that got, got coming in. Brendan Black's going to get better. It sounds like yeah. Jared, sounds like Jared Hufford um, will be back as a grad grad year. So yeah, there's you can you can say hey, I'm I'm really disappointed with the offensive line, but also you know they they got to get better there. There's no question. I it does yeah. seem like you're gonna have you're gonna have all five of those starters back, and they're only going to get better. I I honestly this this sounds nuts because I've been talking about how much I love the scheme. But I, I, I put the I, I would put more fault on their game plan than I would those five linemen the other day. Yeah, I, I think I think the first I, half they were confused all with I mean, what was going on. They were yeah. very confused. They weren't expecting Memphis to do that. Yep. And I think that if they could have moved the ball earlier through the air, it would have made their jobs a hell of a lot easier. Yeah, and don't get down nineteen nothing. Yeah, right. Like cause then it gets so predictable. And Shieldhouse is really good, you know, and you have that. It is a reality too. It's like you have this interim defensive coordinator. They got caught. They didn't know what the hell was coming. And again, it's a props to Memphis, but there you go. That's my glass half full on the offensive line. I'll put it more on the scheme and the, I don't even want to say preparation. Cause how do you prepare for something you don't know is coming? I thought they should have gotten out of the running thing a little bit earlier. They did though. Is the thing they still <laughs> Rocco Beck set a school record for passing, so it's not like they were just beating their head against the wall. I, I just I'm 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 defending the offensive line a little bit today. Yeah, what well, do you think about no, that? And they had games where they were good, like yeah, not think just about the BYU game, the BYU game, game you know, the Baylor like, game, uh, Oklahoma State. They, they're going to be okay. Own. They're gonna, they'll be okay. They do need to get better. If Iowa State wants to win a Big 12 championship next year, the offensive line has to be better. And can I say even more importantly, the defensive line does? It, totally. more, more importantly than the offensive I, line. Because I, I think what's coming back offensive-wise 
is more than adequate enough to win a Big 12 championship. I really do. Which is exciting. Yes. I I think Skill-wise. you've got a top three quarterback. You've got a top five running back. You've got a top five receiver in Higgins. You've and got a Nolan. top five. Yeah, you've got a top five tight end in Bramer coming back. Um, offensive line-wise, 16-team league right next year. Your top 10. I think you're offensive. Well, you're bringing back everybody. Yeah, you're top 10 to top eight. I truly believe you're, you're in the third tier probably there. I think the you have, I think, a good coordinator, top four coordinator at that spot. Defensive-wise, I'm concerned. You lose a lockdown corner. Now, I, I'm less concerned about these secondary guys because I think that the corners are going to be really good. Um, I love the safeties. I just don't trust them because they're hurt so damn much. That worries me. Like, when those guys are out there, though, they're great. I am. I don't think that the players that they have up front are bad. I think Orange is a freak. Like, I think Orange is probably going to be in the NFL someday. Yeah, I think, there's a I lot. Tio has a chance, too, on Yetum. Yeah, they've got to take another they step, do. though. More, I think more on Yetum and the guys on the outside, because I would guess if I would go through and look, that Orange has more than done his job. He, and he was really good, by the way, on Friday. Yeah, he I think he more than done his yep. job. The, they've right. got to get better on the yeah. edge to get pressure with three, or you're going to have to consider messing with your scheme a yep. little bit. Or, and, the, and then, honestly, the, the linebackers... Didn't I mean other than Bacon didn't get enough from them pressure wise. You know, it was very much a Yeah. You know, I you, you didn't have you don't have a Will McDonald for sure. You didn't even have a Marcel Spears with some of the pressure or you know, coming from the edge. And those guys are young, they should get better. But yeah, I think I think that's a fair assessment is if you want Iowa State to take the next step, you gotta get you gotta get some more athletes on the edge, and then linebackers need to be better. I mean they they were good. I thought you know, and they should be. McLaughlin got better as the year went on. Um, I thought you're looking Sadowski at had his moments. Ebel came in. Bacon's got a chance, but you, you, they got to keep growing. Willick's Willick's got a chance too. That's a big offseason for those guys for sure. You're looking at Vite and Rashid, and if I were to ask you, that's where I'm confident. The they'll position it coaches out. at Iowa State, who do you trust the most when it comes to developing their group? And the Monroe kid's going to come in. He's going to get a real chance to start. You know, and you you keep Joey Peterson, who's a hard worker. Uh, he's never going to be Will McDonald, but he can more than hold his own. It's just you need a little more there. You need more. Maybe Ike. Maybe uh, Ike's my guy. Ike Ike is the other guy who will come he's, along. He's the guy that's got to take that step. But Ike. somebody has to do that because you're right. What was the biggest difference between this defense this year, which was still good, and the past couple? It was you didn't have Will McDonald, and it really showed, especially in those passing situations where you could not. Get pressure, and when Hennigan got comfortable, great example on Friday, he won. He threw for three sixty four and four touchdowns. You did not see that very often against Iowa State since they went to this this new look. And that was Chris. The other thing that Matt said after the game, which I thought that was interesting, is he said Memphis has played against this defense before. You know, more and more interesting. Yeah, these teams have seen this and know kind of the I, how to attack it. You I know, said in that se- in seventeen, it was brand new. I said it in pregame too, and, and and this kid made me crow like that. A lot of these quarterbacks don't like this defense the first time they see it, because somebody asked me like, "What's the key with these guys out in the secondary?" And I was like, "Well, I'm hopeful you get pressure with three, and then you you trick things up, and yep. then he makes some mistakes." And yep. that kid was that first pass was you know you get safety coverage, and he hit it the dude in stride, yep. right and it was the, gone. right on the money for sure. So sometimes they had a highly sometimes motivated they beat, Joseph Skates too. <laughs> he, he was good. Highly hey, motivated. Tip of the cap to to Joe Skates. He 
couple of those plays, he was he was great. But that again, you know, motivation, emotion matters, and that's why at the end of the day, you're you're not playing against yourself. The other team beat Iowa State. I would also just like to before we get into basketball. As the we'll have Williamson Bloom Wednesday this week, by the way, where we'll really start to dig into Big Twelve men's. But don't like why <laughs> the reaction to the Friday game was just wild. Like it, it, but like you said, like people still really care about they these care. bowl games, which is great. Which is, that is you, a good thing. This is what we want. Um, be mad, um, all that stuff. But like, I hope people can look back and be like, man, seven and five was a really successful year. Every one of us would have taken this to end up in Memphis seven and five. Had this been presented to us as an opportunity at the beginning of the year. So just think back on that. That's how I hope people. Gosh, I hope so. And I saw some stuff. It's like, man, are we ever going to win 10 games with Matt (laughs) Campbell? It's like, I have one guy and I shouldn't give it the light of day, but like this one guy kept tweeting at me that Pollard needs to clean house. (laughs) And I'm like, do you realize just how dumb of a take that is? After this, you know, it's an exhibition. Let's call these bowl games what they are. They are no longer the postseason. Now, hopefully, that there's some changes that can be made to, to keep Make that up. But relevant. Like, but like to be like, yeah, well, okay, you're right, man. That was a bad loss in a bowl game, in a mid-tier bowl game. So we're gonna fire our entire staff and let the entire group transfer in the month of January, where you where the portal's no longer open. Yeah, I, people just chill out. It it was it sucked. And the, the the problem is you you couple that one with the Ohio game. People are like, well, why can't we beat yeah group of five teams? Well, I, when I talk about this season, I think in the history books it'll be the pre Ohio, and then Ohio, after that game after Ohio, yeah, because like, it just seemed like it was such a different team, the way they approach things, and you know the whole air raid thing for a while and, and all that. So yep. anyways, I no, I think, uh, you know, I don't want to dwell on it. Absolutely. I mean, I get people, I get where people are mad. Um, but also you can look at where I was stands in this new league and whatever you think of the league. And I think, you know, there's reasons to still be excited for where, where I was stands relative to everybody else, especially after some of the bowl game results too. So we'll see. I mean, it, and at the end of the day, uh, Chris, like I said earlier, I would love I would love to be able to invest more in an offensive and a defensive line. Unfortunately, right now in this world we're living in, it's tough. It's, so does it's, Georgia. It's, it's, so does, <laughs> everybody does. And so if you, you know, you can put your money where your mouth is. I mean, that's where it comes down to. Is like we you only have so much. So uh, would love to have some more ammunition to do that. But for now, we're, we have to be strategic with what we're doing. Uh, thank our friends at Terraplex Ag. I talked to a bunch of farmers over the weekend. In Memphis. Well, actually, it'd be the week. I'm so confused on what day it is. <laughs> Today's Sunday. Um, this is the time of year that a lot of farmers are taking a step back, going Gary Patterson, and they're looking at their entire operation. What do they want to do in the future? And drone technology for farmers is something that's, man, we're just scratching the surface. This thing's going to keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Uh, they've got advanced technology, expert advice, productivity accelerated with our friends at Terraplex Ag. They are a great local company, uh, and I absolutely love the stuff that they do. They do drones, they do parts, plant health, custom applications for you, and they'll also train you and all of your employees how to safely operate drones. TerraplexAg.com. Um, we took it all. 
we brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. I think I'm good on football. We're obviously we will spend a ton of time on Iowa State football in the coming yeah, weeks. Yeah, for sure. They're, the off season is certainly not done. It is still New Year's Eve, yeah. and we're not going to go two hours mm-hmm. tonight as far as this goes. Um, basketball takes care of business today against New Hampshire. A little bit of a clunker of a game. The news is that Hassan Ward is back, and, and he looked good. Looked really good. Running the floor, huge, huge rim running, awesome. got some blocks. Yeah. I thought. That, I mean, not. Not many other takeaways. New Hampshire's better than the bad teams Iowa State's beat up on and look like it. They actually had a pulse offensively. Iowa State let them get way too comfortable in stretches, especially at the end of the first half. But and the second half, the end of the half. Yeah, at the end of the half, it was like I'm not, I'm I'm not, I'm not too concerned over that. But you, you now it's now it's go time. Non-conference is done. You put yourself in a fine position metrics-wise. Don't really have a great win yet. And that's fine, but you're gonna have plenty of opportunities to get several big time wins, including this week. And what a way to start for Iowa State, going on the road to Norman and then getting Houston at home. So uh, buckle up; it's gonna be a bumpy ride all the way through the Big Twelve. It's gonna be fun. Four of the next five quad one opportunities for Iowa State, and then you would go eight of the next nine. Oof. Yeah, it's every, it's everybody, man. <laughs> it's an absolute dog of a of a schedule that's coming up. You, you ain't gonna complain about the lack of competition no. going forward. Yeah, I don't have to worry about Eastern Illinois rolling in uh, anymore. Uh, Ken Palm right now has a projection of ten and excuse me, ten and eight. Sign up for that. Uh, Twenty one and ten overall. Iowa State's metrics after the non con fourth. In adjusted defense, 44th in adjusted offense. And 6th currently in the net rankings. Those net rankings are... They, they are. They're, they're wild. They're wild. And I'm not sure super applicable unless you have great wins. And again, I was just going to have chances to get great wins. Yes. At the end of the day, you call it game in the system, whatever. And I know Goodman's been going on this rant about how Iowa State is screwing up and makes the net rankings meaningless. Well, Jeff... <laughs> Once we get to March, you're not going to know. You're right. Because you're going to have enough quad one wins, quad two wins, that you, you're not going to go, oh my gosh, well, Iowa State lost to, to A&M, and you know, they beat Houston. Well, who cares at the end of that? Iowa State did what it needed to do, and that is get yourself in the top 20 and all these analytical measures, Ken Palm and Net, and now you'll have plenty of opportunity to get good wins against a good strength of schedule. And if Iowa State takes care of business, and by take care of business, it's going 10-8, and 11-7 in the Big 12, you're going to be a 4 or 5 seed. It is wild how it works, and I fully understand Ken Palm and the net are two different things, but Iowa State didn't cover today and dropped two spots. Yeah, so they didn't beat them by enough. The, the point is that when you just beat the hell out of these teams, that's why their metrics kept rising. If they would have had a bunch of non-cons like today – where you don't cover whatever that computer model yeah. spread is, then you wouldn't be six in the net. Correct. One one takeaway I had from today was, man, Taman Lipsy is super yeah. super valuable. Like no you doubt. just 
He's so good. He's he's the guy. He's the one guy on the team. It's like I don't I don't want to even think about not having him on the team. He makes everything go. And I know Keyshawn was really good as that playmaking guard today. But when Taman left in the first half, things got south pretty quickly, and I don't think that's a coincidence. Yeah, Oklahoma coming up on Saturday. I don't so they know about them yet, but off. I mean, they're they're hey, they're ranked. We'll do a I deep do, dive on Wednesday. The win the win would look great against them. That is a hard place to play, and uh, Iowa State won down there last year. I just don't know is if they're great. Hard, will people be there? Like, I, well, I mean, no hard place. Hard place is relative. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they just don't care. They don't really care as much. Mm-mm. That's what's weird about Oklahoma. I think they're. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know about them yet. I don't know. You know what my guess? They will. Ken Palm has Oklahoma ten and eight. They will not be ten and eight. I don't think they will either. That would be my my fate, Oklahoma. I, I'm. A, I think Porter's a good coach. I just. I look. I've watched them a couple of times. I'm like, they got some guys. I I just don't see the high end for them. Iowa State women score seventy six. Awesome. In a road win against Oklahoma State. 60 of the 76 points scored by true freshmen on Saturday. We need a name for them. I was thinking about it. Like, obviously, people come up with the Fab Five, five with, yeah. with Michigan. What can we do with the Iowa State freshmen? Hmm. Y- yesterday was sweet, though, because it was Jackson who kind of, oh. you know, like, it, it's not like, oh, it's just Daddy Brown. How, she's been really good all yeah. year. Right? You know, she finally, I mean, she's been good without scoring. Now she scores. Brown and Crooks kind of get the, Had the headlines. top billing, yep. but it was good to see a third one well, pop jo- up. And, and Kelsey Jones has stepped up and made it. They're all good. Bristow's got a chance. Yeah. Man, this, if they keep that group together, holy smokes. Audie Crooks and Addie Brown were the two best players on the floor as true freshmen, which is wild. Well, does Audie Crooks... Those two, I'm going to say it right now, those two production-wise are ahead of where Bridget Carlton was as a freshman. And I don't think it's close right now. I'm not even talking Iowa State-wise here. Does Adi Crooks have the possibility, I mean, this is a rhetorical question because I know your answer is going to be yes. But to be one of those generational Big 12 type players, only in the sense of like, you you think back to the years, Courtney Paris is the comp that I always would come up with. Yep. But like, I'm going to be honest with you. She's a brutal matchup. Oh, like, they, I don't, I, like Oklahoma State couldn't guard her. No, but I, I'm even thinking great. against like some of these really oh, good know. post players that have always bothered Fenway's teams because they've never had I, the size and athleticism in the post to keep up with them. And I'm thinking about them, and it's like some of those gals from Texas and Baylor over the years, like Audie's at the very least going to get to the free throw line. All the time. Oh, I you know, we haven't given the staff, Fenley and company, enough credit for how far that group has come along already. I mean, look, listen to this. This is crazy to me. Because I was listening on the way home. And by the way, uh, Noel Wolf and, and Jamie Sire Johnson do a tremendous job on the radio. Had a blast listening to those guys. But Audie's averaging six. Shout out to Noah, too. He made the trip from Memphis to oh my gosh. Stillwater. That overnight. guy, I'm honestly, he's... Uh, man, he's he really is, good. He's I like really it. good. He's been he's a tr- constant professional. Right, well done. Really nice young guy yep. too. He's and he's he's a, he's a grinder. Helps me out a lot when it comes to when I have to fill in. He's always teaching me how to do the all setup, the, all the stuff, all <laughs> he's the stuff. Bright guy. Really glad yeah, to have he's, him. He's, he's getting and he's really good at play by play too. But anyway, Audie, sixteen and a half points, six rebounds per game. But how about this? This is maybe more impressive to me. 
Addie Brown, 14 and a half points, nine rebounds, six assists per game. Yeah. That is silly. Yeah. For a true freshman who's basically playing, and she's shooting it at 37% from three as well. Like, mm-hmm. between those two, well, it's, it's it's really, 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 uh, I, and again, I don't know, Oklahoma State on the hierarchy for Big 12, they were kind of one of those middle-of-the-pack teams that nobody's really sure. I think Iowa State would be in there too. But what a statement for Iowa State to go in there and win. It was win. dominant. Yeah. That, that watch, I, I watched it, and it that looked like a game where Iowa State would win 9 out of 10. Just what I saw yesterday. But you're right. Audie's got the chance because of just her unique ability to play that we haven't seen before of like this. She's just different. Uh, and then Addie is going to be she's so productive. She's so damn alongside. athletic. She is. Like, she's so it's nimble. crazy. I, honestly, she should have been a higher ranked recruit than she was. The 1A thing it, probably it really held her back. It did. And she didn't really play high level AAU ball either. Uh, but I, man, I can't imagine there's a better freshman post player or two in the country than she is right now. She can't no be way. stopped. And now she's making shots. She used to hit a couple 15 footers yesterday. It's like, oh my gosh. Wow, she starts doing that like you, consistently. On, you, and she did, a sp- like, she is. I am I, I am having a blast watching this women's team because I think they're only going to get better. And then Emily's back and play they, more minutes. They, and here they we go. look like a tournament team. Like I, I think I said this after sure. the Iowa game. Like I'm officially putting them on the bubble. I think I think they're like, on the bubble. They look like a team that should play in the NCAA yeah. tournament. I, having said that, with all these freshmen, there probably is going to be a stretch where they struggle, where yeah. you hit a wall. Yep. And we see that even with men's. You know these men's teams that. Heavily rely on freshmen, and they don't. They're not used to the length of the season. For sure, the biggest thing. Uh, that's a good point. That would be my thing with playing this many yeah. freshmen. Yep, and you're playing 18 games against high end. So I would yeah. say it's up to 46 in the net for women's basketball. Okay, so they are now definitely firmly in the conversation. So that's great. They play Wednesday this week, so they have another one before the men play. So I think that's a Hilton. I will be there. That is a Hilton. I think I'm going to try and get there. Yeah, that is it. That is Kansas, who's been good. So that's a big that's game. One, that's a big game, big time game. Well, we we go straight from the holidays, and we are all of a sudden in right basketball mode. And then they go to mode. they go to Provo see the the Cougars on Saturday evening. All right, we're doing the old. Uh, Got postponed all the way to next week in the old Williams family Christmas. Yeah, we got. I got one of those coming up too. I don't know what day it is. It will be. All clone basketball. Because the men, when do the when does the men play at five? If oh, the women are at night, they're at five as well. Ah, oh, shit! Why do they? Why, do that? Brett? Your mark. Let's have a chat, pal. I know it's not him. Brett, your mark is currently out recruiting Florida State <laughs> to make the Big Twelve a thirty-team conference. And you want them after yesterday? Jeez. I had a um. Uh, I won't say his name because I don't know if he wanted his name on it. But a very smart and established media member said this to me. We were talking about the bowl season and just how big of a debacle it's been with sit-outs and transfers and just everything. And I don't think enough people pay enough attention. I think most people are, oh, these guys are all selfish and they don't want to play. No, I think most of it is... The portal has done this. The timing of the portal and the timing of National Signing Day have had unintended consequences on bowl season. That's the majority of it. Do you remember the first time a guy, I'm sure there was a time before, but there was a guy from Michigan like seven or eight years ago and he sat out a New Year's Six game and we were all like, (gasps) Did McCaffrey sit out 
or maybe it's the other Stanford running back, Bryce Love. Anyway, yeah. there was one of them that said, like, oh, my, how yeah. dare. Yeah. How dare and, he let And now, like, you guys are sitting out of the Liberty Bowl. You know, they're, uh, you know what, the Gasparilla Bowl. I'm, I might be a free agent signee guy. Like, <laughs> you know. Yeah. I mean, like, Mike Rose sat out of Iowa State's bowl game. Yeah, he, he was hurt. Okay, but there were a bunch of guys that year. He didn't year. want to hurt himself anymore. Yeah, it's yeah. like... You guys aren't even going to get drafted, and whatever. Yeah. Like, I'm not you're, judging. You're, it's a sign of the times. I guess here's my point: is this 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 gentleman made the point to me? Can we do a deal? I don't think we can without making them employees. But if they're going to take your nil money, they have to play in every game. So that's on the NCAA because what the and that, how I've does had, that work? Well, so it's 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 pretty clear language from the NCAA is your NIL money cannot be there's no pay to play anything about your on field performance. So yeah, okay, see up. I'll be I'll be honest with everybody. We have contracts for a lot of these guys now. In those contracts, we cannot put anything about you must play this or that. You can't even say you're a football player or a basketball player. So I, what I'm going to do though is let's look to the future. How do we fix this? Oh, the, the fix is they're, they're, they're employees the or the Bulls pay them. I mean, if you're in the current setup. AutoZone uh, should be paying these correct. players. So this is the or ESPN. This is how you fix it in the short term. I'll give you the short term answer and the long term answer. In the short term, you have the Bulls. You have 80 scholarship players. And you say, okay, Bulls, give everybody on the team $5,000. And for some of those guys, it's probably still not going to be enough. Yeah. $5,000 is honestly... I mean, like, if I'm TJ Tampa and somebody offers me 5 k it's He's like, still not playing. You know, thanks. So maybe that wouldn't work. Maybe it needs to be more. But uh, the, the long-term solution is these student-athletes, just call them the players. I'm just going to call them the players, are employees of some institution, whether it be the university itself or the conference. And as part of that, you get paid per game you play. Just like when we sign up for Learfield and we did the games on the radio, we get a bonus for playing in the bowl game. You would get the same bonus if you played an extra game for your school or your conference. And mm-hmm. so you get paid on a 12-game season. Every additional game is an extra X amount. Mm-hmm. You, again, like we overthink this thing tremendously. Every other industry has figured this out. You pay your workers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, That's I, I why they're know. fighting it, though. They've you had it so well for absolutely. so long. And, and again, I saw, you know, so I get both sides. Like, like you have the Kirby Smarts of the world saying this is ridiculous. It's like, Kirby, then how about you share? I would with say, the rest hey, of Kirby, instead of making 10 million, yeah. why don't you make five and disperse right. the other five out amongst exactly. your players? Exactly. What, yeah. and do you really need 50 people on your coaching staff? Right. I mean, so. Yeah, you're. Hey, buddy. Yeah, you want fairness? Then, you're, hey, make it fair for everybody. Here. Yeah. Like Georgia, Georgia complaining about fairness is hilarious. It's you know. Yeah. I, I, but I, his point, I that was an abomination. It was, but they did. They all all those people have done this to themselves. Like, don't oh, yeah. don't blame somebody else from the NCAA. It's not them. It's you guys who are who are trying to take and consolidate all the power. And then when people don't react to that well, then then you it's like, buddy, I, you did this to yourself. Didn't it feel, and we've been talking about this for years, and if you used to listen to my radio show on Cakes, I know Ross and I have been doing this for 10 years now. This is It was a constant theme of our yep. program. Yep. But it, there's always like a breaking point at some point. I where, hope it's this week. Was it the Georgia-Florida State game? I hope game? so. I mean. I actually, I was glad. I wanted that thing to be 100-3. to three. 
Yeah. Because you needed it, it felt you need to break the thing. It felt like those eight man games we used to call when we were in Shenandoah. You and felt it, bad. It for, was like Don Hicks yeah. and Stanton. <laughs> yeah. And shout out to my guy Don. But they you know, they're up fifty to nothing in the second air. quarter. Yeah. And it's like what is So if you've ever watched an eight man game, there's only three linemen. And once the really good running back breaks through the line, he's probably gone unless there's a badass on the secondary. <laughs> and I remember talking to my guy, Don Hicks. Um, they want to say state championship. And like, I've watched these games and we had to call them a lot because they were the number one team in the state. And he's like putting his freshmen out there and they're just calling 41 dives and they're still taking it to the house. Like, every play is a 70-yard play because the other team's just not good enough to stop them. That's what that Georgia game yeah. felt like to me. Florida State was playing, like, all true freshmen out there against a team that I think, if we're all being realistic, is one of the four best in the country. It's But it's funny to me because Georgia and, and Florida State were two of the most active teams in trying to acquire talent in the portal. And so it's actually those teams that have been super aggressive in the portal. So they also don't care been, about the bowl game. This is my point. Yes. And then they get bit on the back end because they lose all their depth because they're being aggressive in the portal. How much like time like, after he gets yeah. snub is Mike Norvell's staff putting into that game compared to building for next year to win a national title? Great point. Where that, again, it just, it's just different. I'm getting all sorts of hell on Twitter from people being like, well, I mean, Georgia was prepared to play and Florida State didn't have the... Uh, no, it, it, it's not. Like that... The entire team Florida, was gone. They had 16 starters out. There's only 22 of them. They should not have played that game. Yeah, they should have they, just said, screw it. Yeah, we're, we're, we're respectably... If that's what you wanted to do. That was almost been more respectful than... Anyway. Y- yes, I hope. Chris, I think we're as close as we ever have ever have been to... Radical change that is needed right now. And this bowl thing is a sham now. It really well, is. Well, either the bowls are going away, or you need to fix the compensation part. It's yeah. that's it. Because the the current trajectory, the bowls are 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 dying. And when you go to a twelve team playoff next year, those other bowl games are just no one's going to play again. I wouldn't say nobody, but you got to find a reason to make those more compelling. I just wonder too. From a fan, it has to impact fans. I mean, we saw significantly fewer people in Memphis this week. We did, but and that's we, why I was surprised at the reaction when Iowa State lost. Like, people still were watching and yeah. cared, which is great. That, no. that is a sign that bowl games still matter. We had fun. Yes. I'm glad that we went. I'm glad we did all of our coverage. It was, it was a blast. And I encouraged everybody to go down there. If you're not, And I know a bunch of first-timers were down there, and they had an awesome – our guy Chris Shipley was at the – and he was having a ball. It was fun. And I'm not saying I don't want to get rid of the Bulls. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying I'm watching these things. It's a sham. Yeah, yeah. The, the whole thing is screwed, and they've got to find a way. I, I, you know, I think the number one thing that they could do, it, it it's a two part thing. Put signing day back where it was. Yep. Which creates a whole other Wave round of, of problems. It does. Or move it up even more, and you can do signing day before the season. But I. At that, at this point, you're honestly doing that now because these guys' senior year doesn't really matter. Two, put the portal. It opens on January fifteenth, or but then you've got the freaking semester. You got to get the mid year guys in. Yeah, you can't do that. It's it's because I mean that's the thing. Like when how many guys at Iowa State lose in the portal? None of them really that noteworthy. 
But I mean, they yeah, lost like 15 guys. 12 to 15. Right? So you're still playing in this game without 15 guys that were there all year, despite the fact that it wasn't really like starters and, and, and well known guys. That was never a thing 10 years ago. Nope. I mean, I was watching. Nope. I'm insane. I was watching the 2004 Independence Bowl the other night. Oh, there's a banger. And I'm watching our guys Meyer and Blythe, and uh, you know all my all of our friends Ellis that Hobbs. were on this hall. Yeah, and I was. Could you imagine Ellis Hobbs, who was what a second round pick? Uh, I think we ended up being third, third, but yeah, yeah. Could you imagine Ellis Hobbs being like, "I'm not playing in that game"? Oh, he he was gung ho in that game. He was he was playing using his body like a right. missile. This was before targeting. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Could you imagine Ellis Hobbs saying like, "No, you know what"? I'm out. And this is not a shot at TJ Tampa. It's a sign of the no, time. No, I don't blame him yeah. at all. I don't blame TJ either. If, if the AutoZone Liberty Bowl offered me $5,000, I'd tell him to bend over and <laughs> shove it up their ass if I were TJ Tampa. <laughs> TJ Tampa's been more loyal to Iowa State than... Oh, I yeah, yeah that guy yeah, this that is, guy deserves... Like, yeah. I was watching this game, and I was thinking to myself, like, could you just imagine like Tim Dobbins being like, you know what, I'm going to sit out in the, to the, in the Houston Bowl... I, it's just no. not worth well, it no, to me. It's, it's almost gotten to the point where it's almost like a, a knock on you if you almost like are you're reducing viewed as, your you're viewed as like oh maybe you're not good enough because you time. are playing yeah because you are playing in the game. I also think the Florida State thing is like once one of those guys came out, I was like, well, I'm as good as that guy. I'm gonna sit out too, and it becomes almost like this. It's insane. Effect. Like Penn State had the tackle who will be a first round pick, and he dressed in the game. And he went through warm-ups, but he still didn't play. Dude, like, I'm telling wait, you, wait. the it, next it, thing, it's, it's going to be these high school players just being like, I'm not going to play my senior year. I, I, oh. That's probably already happening. If you're, if you're, if you're a high-end kid. Why? What's the point? Look at JT Rock. Now, we would make the argument, and we would say, well, it's for your school. It's for your town. They're not paying you. Legacy. And, but that does, it, we can argue it all we want. I'm telling you. In today's society, it doesn't matter as much as it used to. I, clearly, we have reached the emergency zone for bowl games. Either they have, either they're going to go away largely because of the playoff. ESPN's not going to let that, but I don't think they will. Yeah, but you got to find a creative way. <laughs> but the again, the ratings, seat up. Oh, I'm sure they're great. They're still pretty good. People are gambling on so all people, these games. People are still gambling, right? So it's like. At the end of the day, does TV care as long as people are watching? They don't. I maybe to an extent. I don't know. The thing I, is, like, if you just if you don't know any of this, and you've watched a lot of these games, they're still entertaining. For the most, oh part. yeah, yeah, for sure. Right, I, like if you just would have turned on Arizona Oklahoma the other day, yeah, night, you would know. Oh, no difference. Pac twelve, Big sure. twelve game. Yep. Or that Kansas UNLV yeah, game. Yeah, I'm gonna watch was, this game. That was fun. These games are fun. So that's there's see that's the other part of it. Is like people are still making money. The question I would be asking as a marketer, if I'm FedEx and I've paid for this Orange Bowl sponsorship for 25 years, and it used to be Tommy Frazier and yeah, you know, or the you think about what bowls used to be. Yep. Yep. If I'm FedEx, I'm telling ESPN, I I'm not writing this check next year. I got other ways I well, can spend this money. So, so we had a we had a long chat about this in the the because some of us can't fly like you um, can because you know you had to, to go home early in the morning. We had to drive the ten. You should hours. have brought your wife. <laughs> no offense, Crystal. I love you. But 
Really? Who is the most successful bowl sponsor this for the bowl season? Pop Tarts. Yeah. Because they did something totally off the beaten path. Yeah. Great point. And it's like, well, if that you're going to do it that way, hey, it works. That's actually what bowl games should they be. They should be. Just and make them gimmicky as We need, we need to forget that this is no longer the postseason. These are college football exhibitions, and we're going to do crazy shit. Yeah. And we're just going to get everybody a vacation. Like what Barstool's doing uh, with their good game. example. But it, the current iteration the, is just not, it's not going to work. And Chris, I am hopeful. I honestly, I'm, I'm really hopeful that we are in the sixth or the seventh inning in this whole NIL portal employee status thing. I think we're getting closer. Yeah. That doesn't mean that, that you can abandon ship now, but it's just, you're starting to get powerful people are like, this doesn't make sense. But but good luck. Good luck getting the powerful people to give up their power. The I talked to enough of these people, and I saw Josh Pate from 247 put out a thing that he thinks that it's like imminent. Something will happen that a lot of decision makers are watching this season, bowl season, and like with, with horror. And he's more connected than I am. But the people I talk to, they they still think that these players would rather get a bowl experience in Memphis for a week and be a then be an employee get a scholarship right and, yeah. you know I there's a lot of these people I, that true yeah. so I I think we have a longer way to we, go there, I think it's going to be a fight and I don't even want to get rid of bowl games I'm not even a proponent of that I love the bowl games but this isn't working like in the. It's it's just uh, it. They've always and, and I won't get on my soapbox. They've always been a mockery of the sport. It's always been a terrible way to decide a national championship for sure. But then again, like we talked about earlier, people were pissed that Iowa State lost this <laughs> yeah, game. I know. So it's like people still care, which yeah. means if people care, people will watch, people will tune in, people That's, will watch the game. It's like. Iowa yeah, football I, fans, I keep telling them all year. It's like, well, they're they're so pissed about their offense. Well, you're selling out every game. Okay. Yeah, you sold out your season tickets. So I'm sure they'll watch their game tomorrow. Yeah, and they'll complain about the offense again. Yeah, or they're going to win against a Tennessee team that has nobody playing, and they're going to and they're going to overcompensate it and think that they're the best team in the country. Like, right? We like, all we all have our issues as fans. That's basis. how this is yeah. going to go. I'm telling you. Yeah. Good chat. That was fun today, dude. I could do this. Bowl conversation for hours. I thanks to our friends from Wiffles Hybrids. By the way, we didn't do a Big Twelve recap. We will hammer that on on Wednesday. Yeah, Wiffles, I appreciate plant your independent. I got my Wiffles hat on. Right you do now. have your Wiffles hat on. Look, I had a Wiffles Hybrids um, sales guy come up and shake my hand in Memphis. I met so many great people. Yeah. I can't thank people enough. That was the best part of the on life. the last bowl thing, and I've talked about this before too. Memphis is the most old school bowl you'll find in America. It's the same dudes that have been same, running this thing folks. for 50 years. And they're awesome. Like, I love these people. They they could not be more hospitable. Oh, I thought. They love the game. It means something to them. They are everything of what these things should be. Yeah, I thought the, the people were awesome. But that stadium. Oh, it's like you're going back in time. <sighs> it, it felt like watching the old Jack Trice AstroTurf. Like, and then around it, like they're like you really are in like a terrible neighborhood. So interestingly, they did sell plenty of beer at the stadium. Yeah, 
And nobody and got had, arrested. They nobody had, was. They had strong. They had beer vendors walking up and down the aisles. Beer here. Beer here. <clears throat> so between the beer vendors and the Hawkeye fan with the Hawkeye tattoo. Oh my god! Did you see that guy? Yeah, yeah. Were people just like yelling at him, walking up I and think down? Everyone's like, it took everybody a little bit. And then when Iowa State got down, it was just like, yeah, people were a little fed up. And then he left. And I will say this too, man. They botched the forecast. It was cold. That as was shit. cold. Hey, I got yeah. So my guy Keith, nice Keith in Montana, who I ran into a couple times. Awesome dude. He happens to work in uh, forecasting business. He got it wrong ten days ago. He said it was gonna be nice. Sorry, Keith. Brutal. Throw you under the bus, Keith. No, it's fun though. I mean, the great thing is, uh, and I, you 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 don't get moments where you get so many awesome interactions with people. So for that, I am thankful for the bowl game, uh, despite the the loss and everything else. But I still think. There's reasons to uh, be pumped up for what's ahead. No doubt. All right. Well, that was fun. That went a little bit longer than we it thought. Was, but yeah. There's just a lot to talk about right Cody now. Road after that. Yeah. Well, don't get me going on the bowl industry. But you're going to watch them all tomorrow. I Hell yeah, will. I will. <laughs> yeah. I'm not denying that. <laughs> I'm, I don't want them to. I want the Bahamas Bowl to exist. I Yeah. Honestly, those... Those bowls that what else like, are you gonna watch? Those bowls December? that like the MAC teams are playing in, they don't need changed. They're not for fans. Those are for those are television properties. I'm That's it. That. Yeah. But like the bowls that these people it's, like are supposed to mean something. They've actually gotten that's an interesting point. Is those high end, you know, New Year's Six games have actually gotten worse. Yes. All these random ass ones are actually doing fine. They're cause the players play. Because yeah, they play. Because they're not like they're not all NFL picks. Yeah. Hmm. The players play. My whole point is if the players don't care, why should the fans? Yeah. Happy New Year, everybody. Tell that to Twitter on Friday night, though. (laughs) I can't. (laughs) It's just... Come on. It's common sense. Happy 2024, everybody. Love you guys. Peace. Peace.